Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's officially 2022, and nothing has changed. And I keep saying 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. You know, keep writing it, and I keep saying it. So I have a problem where I write 2002, 2001. I keep forgetting the 20. So we're, we're doing well. Brain fog, guys. Brain fog. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've had this problem with dates forever, though. Um, okay. So let's talk about what's going on this week in our lives. Omicron is taking over the world. Things are shutting down again. They're talking about economic slides because so many people are out um, sick from work. So like production lines are getting disrupted and everything. So I'd say prepare for prices to go up even more. Mm-hmm. Yay, inflation. Ugh. Cause that's just what all of us need right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, more for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got, we've got some fun times ahead of us guys. And, you know, I think we have drilled this in every week, but be safe, wear your masks, wash your hands, stay out of crowded places. Yes. Yes. You know, get tested. If you start to feel sick, don't go places when you're sick so you don't get other people sick. Mm-hmm. That goes mm-hmm. for anything, including COVID. <laughs> yeah. So, you have a cold, so true. stay home. You have the yeah. flu, stay home. Stay home. That's right. You That's have right, the mumps, girl. the measles, rubella, smallpox, <laughs> stay home. Yeah. TB, stay home, you know, stuff like that, please. <laughs> I'm sitting here rolling my eyes because it's amazing how many people will be like, oh, I just have this like tiny rash. I know it looks like chicken pox, but I came into work anyway. I know. And you're like, dude, you have chicken pox, go home. You know, work creates that kind of culture again and again and again. Like you better be here no matter what. And, you know, people are afraid to call in. I know. And it's, it's, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't. And, and especially I think, you know, turning that toward chronic illness we know how many times we've had to power through to go to work and how many times we've gone to work in severe pain or anything, but we're not contagious. Mm, No. (laughs) And number one, number two, we shouldn't have to go to work in pain. We shouldn't have to do those things. And it's, it's really an American and a couple other countries have this ideal where work is the number one thing in your life. And you should be, you shouldn't be living to work. You should be working to live. Absolutely. we, we have it really backwards. Here. We do. We really do. So like when you ask someone about themselves, the first thing they tell you is what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be that way. But it is right no. now in our lives. And um, it has been for a while. You know, work shouldn't define us and it does. It does. However, either way, stay home if you're sick. Or don't go to work around other sick people. That's especially important for us, especially those of us in the autoimmune community autoimmune deficiency community and 
It's really rough, guys. It's really rough out there. I sound so whiny. (laughs) It's so rough. rough. Um, But it is right now. You know, we we don't know the effects of we don't know the long term effects of COVID. You know, Nicole just sent me an article about COVID related psychosis, not COVID vaccine psychosis. That's not a real thing, but COVID psychosis. And it's they're finding out more and more things that this disease can do to people in the long term. So let's everybody be careful now that we've drilled that into everybody's heads for the millionth time. What else is happening in the world? There's we have a new year, we have some new laws in different states. So make sure you guys are checking your insurance and disability benefits and all that because some states have changed some of their laws associating associated with that. So do oh, your due diligence. And everybody on disability and social security got a cost of living increase this year, but actually it was real. I think it was 5.9% because of the inflation. Um, so that's, we actually got a much bigger than usual, which is usually crap, but you know, not that this is great, but it's a lot better than it normally is. Hey, it's so, something. Yes. It's something. It can buy, it can buy some groceries. It can pay a bill. Oh, it's, you know what, any, any, any amount they're willing to give extra is still a, you know, a blessing. I'm glad it's that a I blessing. get the I mean, is it what we should accept and be okay with? No, no, no. but is it good to have? Heck yeah. 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 You know, like I'm, I'm not going to say a big giant, thank you for something that barely no. helps people live, No. but it's, I'm not going to like turn my, you know, turn my nose up at people getting some extra money to help pay for. Well, you have to remember though, too, the cost of Medicare now went up. So it's going to, you, you literally are not getting that extra 90 or hundred dollars because they've gone up by like 40 bucks a month. And then your deductibles on things or whatever has gone up. It's just, they said, actually, I was listening on the news. They said that um, Medicare costs will go up by 20 to 30% this year. That was it's not even just Medicare costs because I buy my own health insurance mm-hmm. um, on the exchange. Right. So because my current employer doesn't offer it. Right. Um, it's a reimbursement type thing. So I have to buy my own insurance and those prices, those costs have gone up. I'm on a yep. different tier now of health insurance because the tier that I was on would have gone up like a few hundred dollars a month. I mean, it's still good health insurance. They're still going to do all the things that they need to do. It's not a huge change. It's more that my deductible went like tripled. So like, I'm just hoping that I don't get that sick. I'll hope for those things, but not, uh, not everybody has the luxury of saying that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's even just the cost of regular insurance Mm -hmm. has gone up too. And all of our costs of living are going like through the roof groceries horrible yes um substantially you know groceries are going up regular everyday items their prices are going up because we still have supply chain issues and it's not going to get better guys i'm sorry to say it it's not going to get better because people are still getting sick yeah one of the things that they're finding is that they can't get people to come into work now not because they don't want to work but because they're too sick to work Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you tested positive for COVID. You can't come in today. But it's not like people are planning vacations three, four weeks ahead of time where you can fill those spots with another person Mm-mm. through scheduling. It's more like someone found out at the door when they're doing their tests that they're positive and they have to go home. Yeah. And so there's shortages of staff everywhere. And it's 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 all snowballing for all of us. It's It's a higher cost of living now because... 
of supply chain issues because they can't get people to deliver things because of all of these things. And now we've got people calling in sick right enough because of Omicron. It's just snowballing into more and more and more. And we haven't even seen the end of it yet because we haven't seen what long haul COVID's going to be like. We haven't, mm-hmm. like, we don't know the burdens on our system for that. No. So I, I would say right now, just you guys, all we can do is be patient and take care of ourselves the way we need to take care of ourselves uh, and do as much from home as you can. I mean, I know a lot of people are really tired of it and really tired of being home, but. It gets old, you know, it's, it's hard not to see people. And I don't think a lot of people are not seeing people, but, you know, for people who really are really, really, really need to not see people, it's really difficult. You know, I mean, it's, it's good that we have things like zoom and, you know, the phone and stuff, but it, it just doesn't replace like being with somebody, you know, so it's rough. Yeah, it is. And, but you know, any little bit helps. So the fact that everybody got this cost of living increase is great. I think that's going to be somewhat helpful for some people. Sometimes that's a difference of like keeping your house and not keeping your house. It can be, it can be, it's still not got to be acceptable though. There still needs to be. No, I mean, you're still, it's still poverty level and it's still not, it's still not going to cover most people's bills. So Mm -hmm. there's so many of you guys out there. And I say you guys, because I'm not on any type of like Medicare mm-hmm. disability or anything, it's really hard. It's like, there's a reason my older father lives with me because his social security wouldn't cover his costs. So yeah, you guys just hold on. Yeah. We just got to hold I guess on. That's all I can say. Cause I don't really have great advice. <laughs> we just got to hold on, you know, we'll get through it. It might take a while, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it. We will. We will. And we're going to be here being supportive, being trying to be the voice of panic for everybody. That'll be good. Here's what's happening. Panic now. Not really. Don't panic. (laughs) Just be safe. Yes. Just be safe. (laughs) Which brings us into our topic. topic. Yay. Which by the way, both Nicole and I are dealing with quite a lot lately. And actually seems to be a lot of people for some reason this year are flaring like crazy. I'm saying like a lot. Really? I've been watching Valley Girl. Like, <laughs> they sure. like, oh my gosh, all the flares. There's like so many of them. <sighs> <laughs> um, but a lot of people with, with chronic illness, for some reason this winter, are seeing flares like they haven't seen before. And I'm sure the stress doesn't help that we're all under. I'm positive it's a lot to do with stress. I'm Absolutely. also thinking it has to do with climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're having a colder winter here in California than, and a wetter one than we've had in a really, really long time. We just had like five straight days of rain. You which, needed it though. Oh, California definitely needed the rain. Yeah. Maybe not the mudslides, but the rain. Yeah, you needed the rain. My joints did not. No, my <laughs> joints never needed. I know. I know. I'm like, oh, it's going to rain. How can you tell? My shoulders. Yeah, but Illinois has had a remarkably warm winter. Oh, yeah. It's been in the 50s. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's and not I mean, right now, but it was. I remember yeah. years, you guys, of of like my nose freezing together because it was so cold outside. The moisture in my nose would freeze just from breathing. I remember below zero temperatures this time of year. Oh like, yeah, bulking up just to take the dog for a walk, like having to put on three pairs of socks oh, and snow boots. Gosh, yeah, I remember almost every year in January and February we would hit that negative twenty or thirty degree yeah. weather, and you were just hoping your car would make it because it was so cold. And it's, it's changing. So I think all of these things 
all of these things that have been happening over the past few years, the, the fires, the climate change, the stress of COVID, the economic stress that it's causing, the emotional distress that it's causing, all of it is playing into all of us flaring a bit more. For those of you who don't know what a flare is, Nicole, would you like to tell people what a flare sure. is? A flare is a flare up of your symptoms that you have specifically that affect you whenever it flares up. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if your flare is nausea, whenever you have a flare up, you'll experience nausea, whatever else. Yeah. Right. So it's just when your symptoms like do an ugly rise. Yes. Yes. In you. And um, it, it can be a mild flare. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you know, I feel a little achy today. Yeah. Or, or it can be severe, tired, you know, mm-hmm. or it can be severe where you are bedridden or hospitalized. That's right. Or whatever. Like some people, a flare means their organs shutting down. Some people, a flare just means, oh, I have a headache because I did it. I overdid it yesterday. You yeah. know, like, and it can be a range of things for different people for different diseases. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like with EDS, it can be subluxations, dislocations, exhaustion for Mm -hmm. fibromyalgia. It can be nerve, you know, your nerves are going crazy for MS. It can mean tremors, Mm -hmm. loss of use of a a body part, Mm -hmm. loss of balance. Mm -hmm. Being bed bound. Uh, Being bed bound uh, for lupus. It could mean. Oh, it could be numerous. You're, You're literally your entire body could shut down and you'll be in a coma. All your organs shut down. It could be that to, you know, when I flare, I'm very fortunate. I haven't had a flare like that. I have a friend who has, I have a couple of friends actually who've flared so bad. They were in comas for three months um, and they, they're all their organs completely. They were on life support and everything. So for me, when I have a flare, a lot of people with lupus, we have a lot of pain, a lot of fatigue, a lot of brain fog, nausea. There could be vomiting, diarrhea. You could have numerous things. Now, some of the things you deal with on a daily basis, it's when we talk about a flare, like I... I'm always in pain. Nicole, you're always in pain. Like there's a certain level that I think is our like stasis level. Yeah, like we're agreed. stable. Mm-hmm. And then a flare means, oh my gosh, everything just got worse. Yeah. Those symptoms are exacerbated. Yeah. And it can be really hard because people get used to us in our normal state where we're like kind of dealing with our pain on our own and, or our, 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 chronic illness on our own. Like we're taking our meds, we're doing this. They know we might be a little slower at things, but not super slow, but then all of a sudden we'll flare. And it can be really hard for people who don't have a chronic illness to understand why all of a sudden we can't do the things we were doing on a normal basis. That's right. Like Kelly, why are you laying on the floor telling us what to do? Normally, you know, you're helping us. And it's like, oh, cause I can't stand up cause my stomach hurts so badly. Yeah. If I stand up, I'm doubled over in pain. There's been many times I've started my day where I did not think I was going to be able to function that day. And sometimes I will flare so bad. And then two hours later, I feel fairly normal again. Yeah. It's very weird how flares flares can change. don't have to be this long. No. They don't have to be long and drawn out. Mm -mm. They can be a quick flare of symptoms. Mm -hmm. But they, they a lot of times just impact our daily lives. Yes. In some way, shape, or form. Like either you can't get out of bed in the morning to go to work, um, but you might be able to later. They, they make our lives very unpredictable. Very. Our flares. It makes it difficult for people around us to understand it because we do become so unpredictable. Like, oh, you, but you were able to come to my house last week. To yeah. Help me Why can't or I talked to you it? yesterday and you were doing fine, you know, yeah. in your, your own fine. Right. But it doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to be okay. It doesn't mean in an hour or five minutes you're going to be okay. No. Um, so I think it's really important 
for people who don't have chronic illness to ask, how do you flare? Right. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Yes. Um, And what do you need when you flare? Does that mean everybody's going to be understanding? No. And I think that I was telling Nicole earlier when we were talking about this topic, I had said, that's a great way to evaluate who should be in your life and who shouldn't. Definitely. People who should be in your life are the people who understand that when you're having a flare, it means worse. And when you're having a flare, you need help or to be left alone. Sometimes I just need to be left alone. (laughs) Let me in this dark room. Yes. Yes, exactly. I'm going to put on my music. I'm going to cover up. (laughs) I need, I need a sensory deprivation tank right now. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So I I think, but you know, you need the people in your life that are going to be like, what can I do to help you? What can I do? Do you need anything? Okay. Well, you know, um, I'd love to say you need the jobs in your life that are going to be supportive of that. Not all employers are some employers are, but not all, but these are the things you need. And you want in your life. So when someone or something isn't giving it to you, that's a good sign that it's got to go. Is that always easy? No. The sentence was super easy to say, guys. Yeah. But and sometimes you may be stuck for a while. It's, yeah. it's, but the yeah. Doing can be really tough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as I want to tell everybody, oh, yeah, you got to rest through a flare, you got to do all these things. We don't always have that luxury. You know, mm-hmm. you're a single mom with a two year old at home and your flare comes up you got to feed your kid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And some people are fortunate enough to be able to push through a flare. There's times I can't, I just can't, I I don't have the option. I mean, I'm, I'm literally, when was it Kel? Like six months ago when I had to crawl from the bathroom, my bed to the bathroom. And that's how I was able to go to the bathroom. And I would hold it for as long as possible because I couldn't do anything. And I finally caved and went to the hospital and got the IV salumedrol infusion so I could function again. But you know, I mean, like, it's like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't sometimes. So it can be really scary and people should be understanding of what we go through, but sometimes they just aren't. They just aren't. And and by the way, that's medical personnel too. Yep. Who don't always understand. So you can't, I think from our perspective, one of the things we talk a lot about is having reasonable expectations of other people. If you tell someone, which by the way, you guys should, we should all be better at communicating when we're flaring. Yeah. And I believe that if you aren't going to accept that this is my life now, and this is how I'm going to be, I really don't want you as part of my life. Uh, and I've, I've cut some things out because people just are like, well, why can't you do that? Well, why can't you do that? You know, and, and I no longer look at them like FOMO. I look at them like my life is blessed because I don't have that stress anymore. And, and that took a lot for me to do, to cut those people out. Like it's not, none of it's simple. No. We have to be willing to communicate to people that we have a chronic illness, what we need for, from that, from, from our situations not necessarily even from a person, but from a situation when we have a chronic illness, including our flares. And that is our responsibility as people with a chronic illness. People cannot read your mind. This is something that had to be completely drilled into me because I would get so offended when people wouldn't ask, what do you need? Can I help you? I mean, I'm still bothered when people don't ask if they can help you when you're working on a task. I just think it's common courtesy if you're leaving the office at six and you see someone's going to be there till eight, ask, let me help you. Yeah. Let me help you. Right. People don't do that. So I had to learn to not put that expectation on people. Uh, They just weren't raised how I was raised and I have to accept that. Yeah. Is it hard? Yes. Mm -hmm. And do I judge people for it? 
sorry. Yes, I do. Yeah. And you don't have to like it either. It doesn't mean it's not reality though. Mm-hmm. But it is reality. It's and right. so we cannot expect someone to read our mind when we're having a flare because also we are exceptionally good as Spoonies at hiding our pain. And trying to be normal. And trying to be normal. And we aren't. No. That's part of the acceptance part of having a chronic illness is to realize you are going to always have your chronic illness. So we need to be more open about our illnesses. On top of that, being more open means that more people start to understand chronic illness because it's amazing to me how many people don't get it. Like how many people I say, oh yeah, you know, my, my fingers sublux all the time. And they're like, how do you even function? Yeah. First of all, they asked me what a subluxation is, which is a partial, partial dislocation. It's like when it pops out and pops back in, then they're like, how, how, how do you live with that? How do you do that? What are you, what are you doing? Like, how do you even function? People ask, you know, when you tell people that you, you deal with dizziness all the time or, you know, problems walking, well, or they'll be like, what, what, well, what's the doctor saying? What's the doctor doing? And sometimes yeah. they just can't do anything. And that's really hard for people to, to understand. People ask me that a lot. Like, well, what did your doctor say? Or, um, I just call the doctor. And I said, listen, I, I've, I've known, I've had lupus for 19 years now. And I said, I, there a majority of the time, there's nothing he can do. I mean, we can do as many infusions, which also have severe side effects. We can do, you know, you have to balance it out that it also affects my immune system. And in the time of COVID, I don't want to be any more immune compromised as I am already am. And so, I mean, it just, it's rough. It's a rough, it's a rough balancing act. It's really rough. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's our responsibility to understand that they are going to necessarily understand and to be patient with. Yes. People. Yes. Be patient with them. Like if they're blatantly in your face going, I don't care if you're in pain, you got to do like, that's a different thing than totally someone taking time to try to understand yeah. and having a difficult time with it. Absolutely. And it, you have to accept that they're grieving, they're grieving a loss also with mm-hmm. you because you used to be a certain way and now you're yeah. not. Yes. So that you're, you're taking, I, it's not as severe as us having the illness. So don't get me wrong there, but it's taking away a part of your relationship they used to have. So they have to kind of get in, used to the new normal also. Absolutely. The more open we are with what we're feeling, what our illnesses are, the less we hide chronic illness, the more opportunities we have to get more research done to have people understand our situations, the more other people will fight for what we need. Mm-hmm. We can't all do it all on our own. Mm-mm. So I, th- I think it's something that we need to learn to talk about more openly, which is yeah. kind of why we have this podcast, which is kind of why we encourage people to like, I talk about my, my chronic illness at work all the time. People look at me like I'm crazy for saying it out loud, but like, I need you to understand where I'm coming from. You know, I've had one job, honestly, in my entire life, and I've had, honestly, sad to say, more than 40 jobs, because I switched so many jobs, common among nurses, but I've had so many jobs. Yeah, it's not. But you know what? I've honestly, my entire life of working, never had anyone but this job understand. Never. And I, and I, I've come to the point where I know a lot of people won't, especially in this field, but my bosses are wonderful and they're very understanding people. And I'm very grateful and I'm very blessed by that. But it's, it's um, rare, but you're yeah, right. I mean, we have I've, to share I've had more. a few jobs where it's been understood. Mm-hmm. So I've That's had good. some where it's not. Mm-hmm. And I've had some where people have been like, oh, okay. Like 
it, it, because I went for so long without a diagnosis, but people knew something was wrong because I would tell like, I'd have to go to doctors to see doctors for different things. I had different surgical procedures. I had, you know, I would be laying on the floor because I couldn't stand up at an event. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was very physical manifestations of things, but they still didn't know this, the small days that I fought to come into the office, Mm -hmm. like fought my body to do those things because I cared about my jobs. And I've had those jobs where I've, you know, mostly worked in nonprofit. So there's a difference. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, if I was working for like a for-profit business, I don't think I would have been as dedicated. I hate to say it, sorry for profit businesses. (laughs) But when it comes to nonprofits, you have a passion for your cause. And, but I was lucky enough to to also have bosses that would be like, yeah, just work from home. It's fine. It's nice to have that. Yeah. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. If you have a job where it's an option, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think more businesses are getting like that to where people are getting more understanding of different people's needs. Um, We just have a long, long way to go. Oh, we do. It's very slow. But that's, that's the issue with flaring. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about a flare and we talk about, you can have a minor flare to a serious flare. We also have to be careful in how we phrase our flares. Mm -hmm. So like how we tell people we're having a flare. Because if you constantly tell people you're having a major flare, when you do have a major, major flare, they're not going to understand how it's different than the regular flares you have. So if you're going to refer to what you're feeling as a flare, give it a adjective. Like I'm having a minor flare. This is what's happening with me. I can do X, Y, and Z, but not A, B, and C. Give people context to your flares. Give people what your symptoms are. Help people understand what they can do to help. Communication is really, really key when it comes to our flares. Yeah, there's days I just can't get off the couch. Yeah, me too. But I can't get off the couch in the morning, but the afternoon I'll be fine. Or there'll be an afternoon where all of a sudden things are swelling up. Like I've had to take my shoes off at work because my feet will swell up. Now, is that a major flare? No, but it's a flaring up of my symptoms. So if someone's like, why are you walking around in socks? I'm like, I can't put back on my shoes. Yeah. But it's, it's important to communicate those things. It is. And it can be really difficult to do like in the workplace a lot of times, but um, you know, we have to communicate. There's a lot of ways of communicating what goes on with your flares. Yeah. You know, you By can way, write, you don't have to tell writing. anyone. Yeah. You can do a lot of things. You don't have to tell anyone you're ha- you have a chronic illness. You don't even have to tell anyone you're flaring, mm-hmm. but if you are in, in a very uncomfortable place and you can't do your daily functions and you can't, or you're not you're not doing something up to what you consider par at work, in your personal relationships or something, communicate that, hey, I'm in pain today. I have a migraine headache today. Or you know what? My body's just not quite working right. I need to take today and take a step back. You know, my vision got super blurry today, so I can't read my computer. I need to take a step back. You don't have to be like, I have fibromyalgia. I no. can't come in. Or I have MS. I can't come in. You don't have to, like, if you're not comfortable with it, you don't. No, you can just tell someone you don't feel well. Yeah. You are protected with your chronic illness, by the way. And at some point we do want to get probably like a a good labor lawyer or somebody in here to talk about it because we can talk about it, but we're not the foremost experts on this stuff. Um, But you do have rights as someone with a quote unquote disability or an illness and so you are protected. Even if you walked in and you, you screamed at the top of your lungs, 
I have X disease. They can't fire you for having an X disease. They can make it really hard for you to work. So they you can. lose your job. And a lot of jobs do that when they find out you have a chronic illness, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what, though? We have to keep fighting for each other and we have to fight for the right thing. You know, that, that you know, this should be more normalized that people that are chronically ill, we can still work. Yeah. You know, we might need some accommodations, but that's okay. We can still right. do a really good job. By the way, we can sometimes do our jobs better than people who don't have chronic illnesses right. because we fight so hard to have normal lives. That's right. That's the other part that people don't, that a lot of people don't understand is how many flares we fight through to go yeah. to work, to take care of our kids, to take yeah. care of our parents, to take care of our lives, that we fight through our flares a lot of the time, that no one wants to be flaring, that no one wants to be home all day doing nothing. Because let me tell you, that's so boring. Yeah, it is. A lot of retired people find that out the hard way. They're like, I'm going to retire when I'm like 65. I'm going to retire. And they work part-time. Then they go back to working part-time. They are. Right? Like, there's almost only so many stories you can watch on the TV. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right so true. COVID, it's even worse because you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't see anybody. No one can. Like no one wants to come over to your house. Yeah. So being home all day isn't all it's cracked up to be. And people think we're just home. Like if people are homesick because they have a chronic illness at their home and they're just like seriously watching soap operas. On oh yeah. With our feet up eating bonbons. Right. The, no, like, no, no, no. You understand. I'm probably in a dark room <laughs> where I have like no sensory anything and miserable, miserable. Like I probably can't see or move or things are swollen or I'm running back and forth to the bathroom. Very true. Because, you know, my mast cell in my intestines has decided it's going to rear its ugly head today. It's it, Communicating is really important, but also understand you have a right to privacy. You also have rights under the Americans with Disabilities Act. You, you know, you can protect yourself. I just think communication is almost always the best option. Almost always, not always. Some people just don't, don't need to know your business. And, and that's also another line to draw when you're having a flare. You don't have, like, you can communicate you're having a flare. You don't have to tell anybody anything. You can say, Kelly, your, your advice is terrible um, because you may be in a situation where my advice is terrible. Like you may be in a situation where communicating is the worst possible thing you could do. Read your environment. Mm-hmm. Read your environment. Definitely. And you know what? A lot of the times you can go to an attorney and actually have a free consultation. Yes. So that's always, that's never a bad idea. Especially if you're someone who has a chronic illness, that does flare a lot mm-hmm. and you feel like your work environment is an understanding um, and they're not giving you accommodations that mm-hmm. you're asking for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like under the laws, you have to have reasonable accommodations, blah, blah, blah. But if you feel like you're being targeted because of your chronic illness, seek a lawyer. They will do free consultations. Get everything in writing. Everything in writing. If you have a conversation over the phone, send an email that says, I'm just going to recap our conversation so I understand it. Can you confirm that this is what we talked about? Mm-hmm. Everything. But that's, you know, well, again, I think we'll have a separate episode on the legal ramifications. I'm just saying, like, I think it helps people understand our flares when we communicate our flares clearly as to what's happening. It also 
I mean, it just, we were talking about this. It's just amazing to me that people just don't know what a flare is. I was like, did they ever read context into what people are saying? Cause flare, flare up. And I mean, that's mean of me. And I'm sorry if you were one of those people. Context. <laughs> Not mean, it's true. <laughs> context clues. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm glad we went over what a flare is because I'm hoping any of you that don't have a chronic illness that maybe listen to this to try and understand people, you know, with chronic illness, grasp that none of us want these flares. Like we'd rather go to work every day. Yes. Take care of our kids every day, live fairly normal lives. Yes. Then have the illnesses we have. Mm. I'd love to go to work and work 80 hours a week, but then, then okay. have, then be like no. this. <laughs> no one should want to work 80 hours. But week. you know what? Oppose, uh, uh, if I had the choice Opposed of being sick. Illness? Yeah. Oh yeah. I take yeah. it over being sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But just you know, working 80 hours a week regularly. It's not helping. Chronic illness. Oh, it sure can. <laughs> just like trauma can. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's a form of trauma. <laughs> it is a form of trauma. These are going to be here all the time. Um, yeah. So you guys just. Yeah. I think that's kind of what we, we wanted to say, like, we know everybody's flaring for some reason quite a bit right now and take care of yourselves. Yes, definitely. Remember, it's, you got to take care of yourselves to be able to take care of anything else. Yes. So take care of yourselves when you're flaring, um, do what you can to like overcome that fear that you're going to be judged for flaring. Sorry, it's their problem, not yours. They've got a problem. A lot of times people may judge not because they're judging you, but because they're afraid of being you. Very true. I absolutely agree with that. They don't want to face their own mortality, humanity, whatever it is. They Mm-mm. don't want to face it. So Mm-mm. you scare them. So take it, take their resistance or whatever it is with a grain of salt. Absolutely. Um, some employers are really just out for a bottom line. Mm-hmm. You're a worker, be to them, accept it move, move on, either move on to another job or accept where you're at. Uh, if you can't get out of bed and you need help, there's places that can help you look for your resources. It's really good to look for your resources when you're not flaring, mm-hmm. have a list of them. Yeah. And every state's different, you know, some have right. more, some have less. So even so, if you have that list of services, like I can't get up to go get groceries. These are people that deliver groceries mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. at a reduced rate or at um, no fee. There's, there's food pantries that will deliver to your house, meals on wheels, things like that. Mm-hmm. There, your, your insurance benefits of some sort could have home health care in there. Know mm-hmm. what those are. Yeah. I mean, you have to know your state. A lot of states won't do that. I mean, there's a lot of, you can't pay for groceries. You're not getting them. Um, like in Illinois, there's no places that will, like there's no uh, shelters that will deliver. I mean, there just isn't, they don't do that here. Um, but I mean, like there are like Meyer, you know, when I deliver it's, if it's not under 50 bucks, it's, it's free Yeah, or it's $5 there may not be places that there may not be places that deliver, but there are services sometimes that will to there people are sometimes. who yeah. are homebound, like mm-hmm. meals on wheels is one of those places. If you mm-hmm. are homebound, you, you know, I, I'm not saying it's going to be easy to get the Mm-mm. services, but it's easier to look for them when you're feeling okay. No, you're hundred percent right. Yeah. You don't want to do this when yeah. you're sick. No, yeah. no, because no. you're you don't have, you don't have the energy or the wherewithal. To no, all these no. Resources. So no. if you know what your flares are like, and you know what you need on your flares, have those lists of services by you, then you can call in those services when your flares get really bad. Yeah. Or call before and say, Hey, can I be on a list? 
you know, mm-hmm. so of, of people who like need help, but not, uh, not every week, not all the time, you know what I'm saying? Like a PRN list or something. Is there something like that? It's really good while you, before you have a flare to get any services you can, so they know who you are and yes. you know, what is available. Right. And if nothing is available, then you call friends or family. If you have them, like you know, I'm, I am very lucky to have an insurance company that covers telehealth. Yeah. Mind us. And yeah. I also have a yeah. doctor. I have many doctors that do telehealth. Me too. So. Thank God. Right. So like there was a time I needed to see my allergist and I couldn't go in to see her. So we just did a, a, a zoom call. Yeah. Like that's it. Made it so easy. It's so easy. She didn't need to do a physical exam of me. There wasn't a reason for that. It was just like a follow-up to something. So simple enough. I didn't have to expend the energy or, you know, hurt myself by going in or have to reschedule, which would have been like weeks down the road. Mm -hmm. Just knowing what your resources are, knowing what you can do when you're having a flare. Yeah. And if you have friends that have chronic conditions, you know, and you're not having a flare at that time, ask what you can do because you understand there's a lot of places that don't have services. They're too poor. They don't have them. You're not going to get anything if you don't have friends or family, but a lot of people don't even have friends or family. So try to be sensitive to that, that, you know, if you can, if you're, you know, even if you're healthy and you have, and you know, the neighbor down the street has something, you know, be sensitive to that. See if you can pick something up while you're at the grocery store. Ask them. There's plenty of, of, of people actually who are willing to help. There's, yes. there's like a lot of, of churches that are willing to do this. There's a lot of like VFW halls, there's uh, moose lodges, there's youth groups, youth mm-hmm. groups all over that are, you know, just chomping at the bit to help people. That's what we're saying. Call when you're not sick. Cause that's not, you don't want to make 10 calls sick. when you're sick, you know, <laughs> and find out who does it, find out yeah. who does the things you need. Like, um, like I use a pharmacy that delivers to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm always making sure I have, I'm, I'm a week to two weeks. Well, they actually help me make sure, but like always a week to two weeks up on my medication, um, which isn't always possible with some meds. And I understand that because some meds are controlled substances mm-hmm. and blah, 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 but have conversations with your pharmacist. Yeah. What if I'm bed bound? How do I get this? Cause some prescriptions require signatures and yeah. Stuff like oh yeah. That. So figure it out while you're healthy. And I mean, healthy in quotations. Yeah. <laughs> our, our normal, our normal. Our yeah. normal. Um, but when you're feeling better, yeah. figure these things out and, and keep track of them. And then this way, it's a much simpler process when you are not feeling like processes at all. Uh, and if you have people who are supportive, allow them to come in and help. It's one of my biggest flaws is I am terrible at asking for help. Really bad at it, guys. I think so a lot of people are, yeah. Don't be me. And ask I can be help. bad at it too. So I get it. I I'm bad yeah. at it too. It's hard. You feel like you're inconveniencing people. You feel like you're putting burden on them, but at the same time, nine times out of 10, your friends, your family want to help you. Yes. Very true. And are more than willing to bend over backwards to help you. That was a really hard lesson for me to learn growing up. I just always thought people didn't want to help. But in fact, most people do. So ask for help, communicate your needs, have your list of resources, and forgive yourself. It's not your fault. Self-compassion is very important. Yes. Patience, self-patience, mm-hmm. patience for yourself, mm-hmm. compassion for yourself, mm-hmm. love yourself. Don't beat up on yourself for having a flare because- It doesn't help. Even if, it, even if you did something that caused the flare, like 
I'm supposed to be gluten-free and I eat bread. Forgive yourself for eating the bread and move on. That's right. Don't beat yourself. It doesn't help to beat yourself up. It just doesn't. Because by the way, sometimes that stuff is hard to resist. That's right. We all know. Yeah. No one's perfect. Let's not try to be perfect. Oh gosh. So far from perfect. Yeah. Too much work to even pretend to try. (laughs) (laughs) Sign across my forehead that says far from perfect. Yes. I want to make a shirt like that. I mean, not as far as other people, but (laughs) kidding guys. Oh yeah, gosh, sorry. I just had to throw in a day. Of, <laughs> I just love you. Of, <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much, you know, what we wanted to communicate. So I, we, we don't, we're not going to be able to go through what specific things you should do for every specific flare, but you are welcome to share your flares in the Facebook group and people I'm sure would love to help you. Mm-hmm with advice still yeah. believe if you're having a flare go through your doctor anything yes. you do go through your doctor we're going to mm-hmm. keep saying that and drilling mm-hmm. it go through your doctor yes because what someone recommends who is not a doctor may not know your entire situation no and it could cause you harm but it doesn't hurt to get what people are doing and then no. say these are what some other people are doing would any of these work for my flare? That's right. Like going to your support groups on Facebook or wherever you're in support groups and say, hey, these are the symptoms I'm having. Have you guys ever experienced this? If you did, what worked for you? Just curious. Exactly. So it does not hurt to ask. Nope. But before you jump into anything, make sure you're discussing with your medical team. Absolutely. You just don't always know. We, we aren't, most of us aren't doctors on here. So we haven't mm-hmm. done the studies. Nope. We haven't looked at the studies. We haven't spent our time going, um, what are the contraindications to using this herb yeah. with the 17 medications I'm on? Sure. So ask. Yes. Is never hurt a- to email your doctor. Yeah. Always back. ask. And hopefully they'll respond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> at least one of them will. <laughs> Sorry, I had an issue with a doctor over the past month and a half that did not respond to a single message that I sent her. She's no longer one of my doctors. Mm-mm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's not someone you can have in your life. <laughs> no. No. So um, that's that's why I'm being sarcastic about hopefully they'll respond. <laughs> but I know other people have dealt with this too with unresponsive Yes, most definitely. So if they're not responding, you find someone who responds and that's the way it goes. But again, always get medical, always seek medical advice for anything new you're going to try. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, guys, that's our, that's our episode on flares. I encourage everybody to share information in the Facebook group, because I think it's really important that we share information Mm -hmm. and feel free to comment, say how you've dealt with flares, what you've done to communicate, how people have helped you, what you've done when you couldn't get help, stuff like that. Cause we'd love to hear more ideas from people. It can't just be Nicole and I having all the opinions guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, all right, you guys have a good week. Thanks for listening again, guys. Talk to you next right, week. And we'll chat more next week. Yes. Bye. Bye.